Welcome to All Things in the Name of Love. If you like this show, please like, subscribe, and share. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of All Things in the Name of Love. Today I have with me Paul Zolman, who, um, what I love when I read your bio is not only that you understand the different love languages, but how we can actually use and learn all five love languages. I know I have a couple. Um, one is food. <laughs> I love meeting people and I love sharing things that I love. Um, but I want to talk to you about like first what they are and then how you came about bringing this into your field to teach others how to do it. So let's start with that. Great. Thank you, Sophia. Great questions. And um, so the love languages were developed uh, or the theory for the love languages were developed in the early 90s. In 1992, Dr. Gary Chapman published the first book uh, about the five love languages. And there, there, there are five, there may be more, but um, the basic five and, and the whole theory about, about it, Sophia, is that everybody has a one, one way, a primary or a secondary way that they like to be loved more than any other way. And mm -hmm. I'm in total agreement with that, that people do have that and mm -hmm. it rises above the, above the others. But the love languages in short are just service, touch, uh, the words, gifts and t spending time with people in a short short sentence those are all the five love languages some people like to serve people like you giving food to other people or making food for other people it makes you feel good to see people happy when they eat my mm -hmm. wife loves that as well and then and, and i i make her very happy because i i just love any kind of food so so it's, it works re really well that way uh, some people like to spend time with one another my wife also loves Korean dramas. We don't even have to talk. All we have to do is read the captions and you can't really talk because I'm reading the captions. Just, just be there with me, spend mm -hmm. time spend time with me watching this Korean drama. For me, it's Hallmark movies. She doesn't like Hallmark movies. I'm okay with Korean dramas. I spent a couple of years in Japan. So the Orient and, and that flavor, just setting your clock back up, 50 years and then just stepping back into time mm. they don't even kiss until maybe the ninth or tenth episode anyway so it's all really really clean really good stuff and so i just spend time with her <clears throat> other people like the touch mm -hmm. they like the hugs they like the pat on the back they like they just like being close to people in in that way and they feel loved in that way um, another person might like the words i had a couple that i tested the theory with a, a while back and and one day he i have a, a cube that i created with the love languages on it one day he rolled gifts she didn't like gifts at all and he knew that but he thought well i know what i can do i'll write her a note mm -hmm. and then put it in a gift and when she opened the gift she was absolutely delighted because again there were the words she mm -hmm. loved the words and she felt loved because of that. And then the last one is ser uh, service. Did we talk about service? Yes. Okay. So we talked about service. So we talked about time, touch, gifts, uh, words. We got them all, I think. So we talked about them. Yeah. I, you know, I actually, I have elements of all of those because mm. I love getting letters. Um, I love the touch. <laughs> I love giving and being of service. Um, I love being with people. I, I, there's a fifth one. What did we miss? So there's words. Yeah. Time, time. Time. Yep. Service, gifts, yep. and touch. Yeah. I like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but there it you go. There, there's your high five for all of them. Uh, but it depends on the, it depends on the context. It does. Sometimes, sometimes I do not want to hug somebody. I'm like, oh no, no. Sometimes I really want, like Abu has been very, very affectionate with me. And I'm like, sometimes it's like, of course you can sit on my lap. And sometimes it's like, not, never, not right now. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really fascinating um, that some are more predominant than others and how so much miscommunication can happen when people don't understand how we interrelate on that level. 
I absolutely agree with that, Sophia. And, and the whole um, idea of what I'm trying to accomplish is to really help people get these basics down. Mm -hmm. And I call the love languages basics. And this that's what I've created as a tool that will help you get them down. You'll know them backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. The tool I created just just a cube that I that I put the love languages on. Oh, I love that. It's just one inch by one inch cube. Mm -hmm. And obviously you see touch there two hands together forming a heart with a little conversation fly out mm -hmm. is what I call those. Those are the words, a hand holding a hourglass mm -hmm. constitutes time or represents time, a hand holding a platter as if you're serving food mm -hmm. represent service. Uh -huh. And then the last one would be the, the hand holding the gift representing gifts. You'll notice that all these hands are outstretched. Yeah. They're as if they are giving. Mm -hmm. And what, what I found through the whole process, Sophia, is that that I have zero control over bidding someone to love me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely nothing. I can't say anything. And if I say something, it's as if now they're duty bound. And that yeah. that duty bound feeling is not love. Right. Or, or the other thing that Dr. Chapman says, which happens quite frequently, is that well, I like touch. So if I want touch, then I have to give it away. And that's that's reciprocity. Mm -hmm. That's a transaction. That's business. And we're not, let's make a deal. It's not a reality show here. <laughs> we, we You got to get away from the transaction and that expectation of mm -hmm. getting whatever you send out, getting it back. But get in the habit of sending love out every single day. Mm -hmm. That is something you absolutely have control over. And the other thing you do have control over in this venue or this this vernacular is watching and reacting when it comes back your way. Mm -hmm. So as you've said already, Sophia, it, the more you know about the love languages, about giving it away, the better your peripheral vision is to see it when it's coming your way, mm -hmm. even though it might not be your primary love language. You say, oh, they're loving on me. It isn't my primary love language but I see they're loving on me. They're trying mm -hmm. to respond to that. Yeah. I have a, a friend whose love language is um, taking care of cars because that's, that's his providing. And I see it because I know what he does. He puts so much care in the car to take care of the person he loves and, but he doesn't know how to express it any other way. And um, I've seen him try to interact with one of the recipients of his work and she can't really hear it because her love language is different. So it's, it's really like honing into like removing the expectations of what you want and seeing the gift as it is, mm -hmm. as opposed to like, well, that's not what I want. This is the way I want it. And that's the only way to receive it. Yeah. that, And I think that the survey that Dr. Chapman has in his book kind of puts you in that box that way. Mm -hmm. That, Sophia, since you like touch and, and that's what your primary love language is, you're going to get tacos every day for the rest of your life. You get to eat tacos. I don't care what else you like. You're just getting tacos the rest of your rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And we this the whole idea of the the cube and the instructions of the cube just very simple. You roll the cube every day, whatever it lands on, that's the love language you practice giving away all day that day. I love that all day to everybody. You know, I I was single, Sophia, when I created this, so I didn't have a significant other like Dr. Chapman suggests. So I said, well, who in the heck am I gonna love? I thought, oh, well, I guess I'll just have to love everybody. And what I was looking for when I when I created this is I needed a replacement behavior for the angry household that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. I learned the angry culture first. Mm -hmm. And the angry culture looks like people talking over one another, people interrupting one another, thinking. And with this thought process, I what I have to say is more important than anything you're saying. So I'm going to talk over you. Mm -hmm. and all the put downs and you, you put, I put people down because I want to be elevated. That whole philosophy is an angry culture. That's mm -hmm. what I grew up in. I thought there's got to be a lot better way. 
I was thinking, what's wrong with that person? Why doesn't that person do that this way? So that angry culture has no boundaries either. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, well, I can look over the fence. I can see what that person's doing and I can have an opinion about that. Mm -hmm. Well, I was so relieved that I don't have to have an opinion about that. I don't have to judge that person. Ah, it was just a burden that was lifted, lifted from me thinking, Mm -hmm. well, I get to stay in my lane. I get to send out love Mm -hmm. and respond when it comes my way. I don't have to worry about what that other person's doing. No longer am I annoyed at what they do wrong in my eyes. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about that. And I don't need to focus on maybe the 10 or 20% of their personality that might have faults or weaknesses or misgivings. I don't have to worry about that. The focus now is what's right with that person. What can I love about that person? Now I'm focused on the 80 to 90% of that person that is really good. Mm. And it's, a whole, it's, a, it's a big paradigm shift. That is. And it's changed my life. It absolutely has changed my oh, life. Oh, yeah. Because like, when, I mean, gee, it's really easy to focus on the flaws of somebody else. But actually, those flaws are just reflections of us, right? So why don't we look at the person as a whole and look for the positive aspects because there's way more positive aspects than negative aspects. And when we get triggered by the negative aspects, guess what? We get to fix them in ourselves. You know, there's there's a whole attitude in India and I've done several podcasts with several podcasters in India. And I, I thought, I'm gonna ask the question. You know, we, I've got a, had a little downtime. I said, why is it the Indian people are so nice, so kind and so so very just, just gentle with mm-hmm. with everybody and most of them are just like that they're just very kind people and the, I, I got this answer he said that what we look for and what we're taught in in our worship services is that we look for the good in others mm-hmm. and consider the bad in ourselves and how we can improve ourselves mm-hmm. you know in America and in may, many parts of the world we look for the bad in others yeah. and pat ourselves on the back for the good that we have over and above what they have or what they don't have. Mm-hmm. And it's just really kind of that paradigm shift that's, this is diabolically different. This is 180 degree uh, 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 turnabout. It's yeah. it's a, really an about face that we need to do to stop looking at the negative things of people, stop talking about it, because mm-hmm. when we focus on that, it's going to get bigger. Right. Who wants the faults of another person to get bigger? You want that child to make more mistakes? You want that coworker to make more mistakes? Focus on it then. Mm-hmm. You want it to focus on what they're doing right. Right. And have that be enlarged. That's, mm-hmm. that's the whole philosophy that I'm trying to, to portray. I love that. I love that. I, I grew up in uh, Fairfield County, Connecticut. And one of the uh, coping mechanisms to survive was how do I make myself better, feel better by making somebody else feel bad about themselves? And I hated that culture because it felt so like, I don't want to make somebody feel bad. I want to, I want to raise them. I want to make them feel good about themselves. And so I didn't really fit well. (laughs) But, but what I saw was like a lot of people feeling very insecure about themselves and not knowing how to get past that pattern of negative thinking to celebrate each other. And for me, that's, that's, that's the glue that brings us together is like, when we see the beauty in another person, it doesn't matter what that beauty is um, to acknowledge it, Mm -hmm. that's going to shift them. And when we shift somebody, we shift ourselves. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And, you know, you've come from very similar culture from what I came from, actually, of ancestors that came from the Sterling, Connecticut, and then the Rhode Island area that over, uh, uh, I think it's Putnam County, Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. or in in that, that eastern, or yeah, the eastern side. Yeah, yeah. So over in over in that area is where my ancestors come from, the Gallops uh, are are part of all that. And Mm -hmm. and the you know, in the Windsor's Windsor family, and uh-huh. and even Roger Williams actually is my ninth great grandfather. He was the founder of my hometown. Is that right? Awesome. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's just fun. We're probably related. So, probably so, somehow. <laughs> somehow, some some way, we're cousins. Probably is, 
yeah, it's really interesting how how we, you'd come full cycle. And I think that the the media really will help has helped us focus on the negative. Mm-hmm. You watch any new newscast and 90%, at least 90%, maybe more of it is really the negative things that are happening in society. Yeah. And they might have 10% that might be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather really is kind of still a bad thing. They're predicting bad weather to come. I know. Well, or they're predicting good weather to come mm-hmm. and you know, you're just watching for watching for that bad weather so you right. can avoid or avert that bad weather and not be out on the surf when the surf when the waves are going to be 90 mm-hmm, feet mm-hmm. not going to be doing that unless right. you're an extreme surfer or something like that yeah. but you know i think that that really as a society we just need to move away from that mm-hmm. i look at these love languages Sophia, in a whole different way that I see them as stair steps. I found myself previous to this being annoyed, 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 stacking those annoyances till I had a flash of anger. Mm-hmm. And just like I was stacking those annoyances, I see the difference now is that I stack kindness on top of kindness on top of kindness. Mm-hmm. And it gets you to a higher level of love. Mm-hmm. The higher level of love I'm talking about is charity or mm-hmm. compassion or intimacy, or forgiveness, or mercy, or yeah. or empathy, or sympathy. Any of those are higher levels of love. Mm-hmm. But you have to have these basics, and you have to stack kindness on kindness on kindness to really get to that that level. You can't. I can't imagine anybody saying insult after insult after insult after insult, and then asking for forgiveness. It's right. not going to be happening. Just doesn't work that way. Right. Right. And having that. Um, when, after my, my father died in 2009 and I went on this, um, remembrance of who I am. And the first thing I did was I found a meditation by a gentleman named, I can't remember his last name, Vishen from Mind Valley. And it was a seven step meditation. And one of the biggest steps was forgiveness. I listened to that meditation every day for seven years because I had so much forgiveness that I needed to bring into my system because I, it just kept on coming out. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's another, oh wow. Okay. Because the forgiveness that I needed to do ultimately was for myself, but in forgiving the people that I had resentments for or disagreements with or miscommunication with, I got lighter and lighter and lighter because I wasn't carrying it within me. And then I was able to be more loving. And so that's when we take this journey of switching our awareness and our paradigms to love instead of anger or frustration or resentfulness, the world becomes so much better. (laughs) It does. It becomes a lot better place. One thing that really helped me, Sophia, was that being able to identify with an adjective, any adjective possible, with an adjective, what kind of behavior am I doing right now? And then consider what would be the opposite of that behavior? Mm. For example, sarcasm. Would it be on the angry side of the spectrum or the loving side of the spectrum? And I kind of focused that, you know, it's kind of uh, kind of one of those twists in twist and, and it's it's an angry side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. What would be the opposite of sarcasm? And when I thought of it, I thought, well, maybe genuine, maybe yeah. somebody that's authentic, somebody that's true. Mm-hmm. When you put those two side by side, it's really an easy choice. Yeah, it's it is. For easy choice to, I do want to be genuine. I want to be that authentic person mm-hmm. for everybody that I come, I want to come across in that way. It's right. easy to let go of the sarcasm then, but until you've got something else to hold on to and up, uh, a behavior or a, a, mm-hmm. a type of behavior other than what you're practicing at the time. And you've got to have that realization. Well, what would be the opposite of what I'm practicing right now? And then go for that until we have those self-actualization moments. We can't set any goals. Yep. We can, and if we blame someone else for our actions or play the victim, so to speak, we're doing that. We're, we're not moving anywhere on the spectrum. In fact, yeah. we're, it's somebody else's problem. You go talk to them. It's their problem because yeah. it, I'm great. I'm doing great. And it's, <laughs> and it's just 
you, it puts you at a static moment that yeah. you can't move one way or another. You won't become worse. Well, maybe you could become worse, but you won't become better. Right, when, right. When you have that moment that you realize this is where I'm at. Now you can take those steps to set goals. Talking about goals, beginning of the year, set goals to become a better person. Yeah. Well, I know sarcasm was really hard for me to give up. <laughs> but one of the coping mechanisms of the East Coast. It's like mm -hmm. sarcasm is a big thing. And and when I moved to Portland, um, they didn't get sarcasm. I was like, what what do you mean you don't get sarcasm? And so I had to unlearn my sarcasm. And then I moved down to Weed, California, which is right next to Mount Shasta for a couple of years. And some of my friends were sarcastic again. I'm like, I don't, I I don't understand it anymore. Mm. Because and every once in a while it'll come through if I'm really tired, I'll hear it. But 99% of the time, I don't like the feeling of it. Yeah. Because I mean, that 1% is like when, I, when I'm just being snarky. And I forgive myself for that because every once in a while, you just have snarky. <laughs> and, and But, you know, even then when I am, I apologize because like it just comes out and I'm like, oh, that just came out. That didn't sound good because it wasn't really me. So like even even when I am that, it's like, oh, wow. I have the awareness now to notice and not catch myself per se, like I can't catch it in the moment, but I catch it afterwards and I apologize because I don't want to be that person anymore because it doesn't feel as good as it did when I was 18 and I had to use it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I've lived on the East Coast. I lived in Rhode Island for a couple of years myself. And uh, yeah, if you didn't know somebody that broke knees, you were not gonna have a very nice day yourself. <laughs> it, was just, it was just, that's the way it is. Right. But, and, and and even even if it's a metaphorical break to people's knees with sarcasm, mm -hmm. if you didn't know somebody like that, yeah, you weren't getting along very well with anybody. Yeah, it was it was a really. Um, I, I moved out west in two thousand seven, and the culture shock was so significant because it, 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 it you know, it was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, what people are being more real. What does that mean? And I always had it within me, mm -hmm. but I hadn't given myself, I, I didn't have the environment and I didn't give myself permission to be more authentic because it wasn't safe. Yeah, and I think that that East, East Coast people really have that, that want to build those barriers. They have that crusty mm -hmm. approach to life that mm -hmm. I've got to have this protective crust like the earth. I've yeah. got to have that protective crust to, to you know protect my core. Right. Uh, who I think I might be deep down. And, you know, I found it very interesting to try to find people, what is the core of, of who are they? Mm -hmm. And just try to get below that crust. And yeah, once people, once I was able to see below the crust and see people, mm -hmm. and, and they, they so there are some that say that that is the sixth love language mm -hmm. to be able to see somebody mm -hmm. as they are and, and who, who they are or who they could be. And, and once I was able to do that, the relationship just really blossomed. Yeah, I it's it's like the phrase "I get you," and mm -hmm. when people, when you have people that get you or that understand you, there's a there's a bond there that uh, it's you can't see it. You just absolutely feel that bond with with that person. It's an affinity toward that person. You want to be around that person. Right. They they get you. Yeah, and that is so important when we when we find a way to get through that barrier because I know it's just it's thick on the East Coast, and I yet I have some amazing amazing friends back mm -hmm. east, and to be able to navigate the crust versus the deep person within that crust, it's it's beautiful to see it unfold. And you know, one of my one of my biggest hopes is that. Um, as our consciousness shifts on the planet that more and more people can open their hearts. I love that too. You know, it's, I, and I think that's what it's all about. You know, I, there, I love the, the, that we're talking about the love language, but I just think languages in, in general have make diff, different contributions to different uh, parts of society. Mm -hmm. 
there's a, a language in from India <clears throat> called the Sanskrit dialect. Mm -hmm. The Sanskrit dialects on the northern part of India. And from that dialect, we get words like nirvana or karma. But I like the word namaste. You know, they, they, they put their hands together and the thumbs toward the chest and bow their head and close their eyes, say namaste at the end of a yoga class. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean, hey, y'all, class is all over. You can go home. Doesn't mean that at all. The Hindu interpretation is what I love, means that the God in me sees the God in you. Mm -hmm. Or put it another way, the divine in me sees the divine in you. And I really love that because we actually can see one another in that way and see the good that everybody has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's so important to be able to acknowledge that on on a deeper level. That's usually how I sign everything is namaste. Oh, nice. Because I feel it. It's like I don't want to, and I, I don't, like my one of my life quests is to uh, completely dissolve the illusion of separation within myself and everything I see because I mean, I'm connected with Abu the cat, who is my friend now. He's not just a cat. He's a friend. Um, my car is my friend. I, I don't, because it's it's matter. So if it's matter, it means that there's some sort of energetic connection because it is electric and electrically operated. It's not just a gas car. Anyways, <laughs> my point is, it's like to really honor that divinity within each and everything. Um it breaks down that illusion that somehow in some way you're separate from me. You look different from me, but are you really separate from me? No, you're not because you're connected with me because yeah. I can feel the heart connection. So like there's no separation. It's just the illusion of the separateness. And then each of us has separate gifts, which are all part of the divine that come through us so we can all shine. I love that. You know, and it's just, it's really kind of infusing light. Whoever heard of turn off the dark, but you turn on the light. And you, when when you send light out, which we could do, use the word light as synonymous with love, we're trying to brighten people's day. What over a 30 day period of, of rolling the die, you'll actually get in the habit of watching for what's right about people. For me, it was magical, Sophia. It was really magical to be able to change from that person of watching for what's wrong with that person to watching for what's right with that person. And I, I, I was so busy watching for what's right with that person, I forgot to be annoyed. I forgot, forgot to have any of those feelings anymore of looking at a person to say what's wrong with that person. Mm -hmm. Because I was always saying what's right with that person, watching for that 80 to 90% of what's good about that person all day long. I had zero time to be annoyed at what they were doing. Rarely, rarely, Sophia, did I ever get annoyed at myself. There, there's been a couple times in my life that I became so annoyed with myself, I didn't talk to myself for three days. Wow. And, and so, you know, try that out. <laughs> It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's oh. just something that you <clears throat> you just get in that habit of doing that, that habit of watching for what's right with people. It's transformational. Yeah. Transformational not only for yourself, but for them. Mm -hmm. you know, as as you're watching for what's right about them, you're, you're doing something that you're going, you're zigging when everybody else is zagging mm -hmm. because everybody else is watching for what's wrong with them. Right. When we're watching for what's right with them and just making a difference in their life. What I found as as I'm rolling the cube is that that people will light up and uh, for that love language. And yeah. that's exactly what I how I call it is they light up because their eyes get bright, they get really happy. You've made their day. Mm -hmm. And you'll you'll light up anywhere from three to ten people in a day as you practice that genre, whatever it is that you rolled on that particular day. Mm -hmm. And as you're doing that, you've discovered what their primary or their secondary love language is. No longer, Sophia, do you have to say, excuse me, could we pause this relationship for just a moment while I have you take this survey so I know how to love you? <laughs> you don't have to do it awkward yeah. anymore. Yeah, right. yeah it's that. just... 
use your observation skills. Right. You're, they're God given. Just watch what how the reaction is. Mm -hmm. Those people that don't light up today for the love language you're practicing practicing today might light up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And just keep working at it. You'll find what they what they like. It also provides that variety that we we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to eat tacos every day of your life because that variety is provided by the the randomness of of whatever you're rolling on the on the cube. Mm -hmm. that gives you that variety for yourself for practicing it and giving it away but it also gives a variety for everybody around you mm -hmm. they're, they're gonna like that whole character yeah of that whole array of of love the ways that you can send out love mm -hmm. first it'll be awkward because you're used to only sending out right. what you like right and expect having that expectation that'll come back right it might come back, but you're not watching for the reciprocity. You're watching for them to light up. No longer is it about you or me. Right. It's right. about them. It's always, well, I, it's always about them. I have a beautiful example of that. I used to um, love, I, I was in a relationship for 16 years and I'd make something and whatever it was that I made, I'm like, okay, have a bite before you doctor it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just want you to acknowledge the effort I put into it. And my former partner would automatically just start adding things before I tasted it. And I used to get so mad. I'm like, why won't you just taste it before butchering it? And he's like, well, why? I'm like, because I just spent an hour making it. It would be nice for you to just acknowledge what I put in. And finally, it he got it. But I had to just, like nag him for like four years. I'm like, please just taste it before you... Do whatever you're going to do to it. Just acknowledge what I did. And for me, it was like, I just poured all of me into this meal. I put the intention of love in and I'm like, you know, really diving into it. And it made me realize that he didn't understand that language. Hmm. He finally did, but I had to like condition the heck into him. Um, but now it's like, oh, you know, I already gave my gift. It's like writing a novel or something. You have no control over how it's going to be received. You don't. So no. all you can do is pour yourself into whatever it is and then gift it. And then however anybody wants to receive it is up to them. And then you don't have the, um, the word that's coming through is responsibility, but that doesn't really feel quite right. But you don't have to deal with the expectations of waiting for somebody to acknowledge what you did because the gifting is the acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That gifting is set without expectation, without any expectation. But trusting the laws of the universe, you're still trusting the laws of the universe that were in place before you or I were ever born. Mm -hmm. The law of harvest, the law of karma, the law of, of, of attraction, all those laws say that whatever you send out will come back to you after many days. Right. So be careful what you're sending out. If you're sending out focusing on anger, that's a boomerang. That's coming back right away. I'm right. just telling you, just oh, warn yeah. Warning all the listeners that that's coming back right away. Mm -hmm. And when a when you send a boomerang out and up, it comes back with gravity and a higher velocity and a whole lot worse than you ever sent it out. Mm -hmm. So just be really really careful about sending anger out. It's not worth it. It's right. really not worth it. It'll come back to maybe ten, maybe a hundred times yeah. worse than what you send out. Yeah. But with that same velocity, you send love out, it could come back 100 times better or mm -hmm. 10 times better than mm -hmm. what you ever expected it to come back. But right. just be aware when it comes back, it'll come back. It might come back just in a simple, simple act. The other day, I was um, riding my electric bike to Chick-fil-A. And, and I'm not a plug-in for Chick-fil-A. I like Chick-fil-A, <laughs> but I was just going out for a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. So I put my helmet on, rode, rode my bike over this about two two and a half mile ride. Not very very long at all. It didn't take very long to get there. Took the helmet off, got in line. There was just one person in front of me in line, and then another person was to the side waiting for their order. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I realized I checked my pockets. Oh, I forgot my wallet. 
I had this big sigh. I walked back out the door, put my helmet on. And while I'm doing that and hopping back on the bike, this guy that was waiting for his order walks out and says, I'll buy your breakfast. Oh, just like that. And, and it was, I wasn't looking for much. It was, it was a $4 sandwich is all it was. And, and so, so he gave me a $20 bill and said, just give me the change when you, when you're done. So I gave him $16 back and, and, and that was that, but I was so touched by his kindness. Ah. It's something I'll, I'll remember right. the rest, rest of my life. Just a very simple kindness. Mm-hmm. And it's just about sending it out and then just being gracious when it comes back your way. Mm-hmm. Just be happy when it comes back your way. Uh-huh. I find a lot of people have a hard time receiving right. as, as your person that was a mechanic, loved to fix the cars, loved to be of service to people, but he had a hard time receiving or understanding love when it came back his way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So be receptive to that. and That's probably one of the hardest things for people to do is to learn how to receive. I would agree. Because we're so used to giving and not, well, this is even more deep than that. Like givers tend to forget themselves. And so one of the uh, pieces of my journey is like learning how to take care of myself while I'm still giving. So I don't deplete myself. Mm -hmm. And the biggest gift I give to myself is being present with myself, like for whatever emotions I'm feeling, whatever energy is flowing through me, whatever it is, if I'm, if I'm feeling, Oh, I have some weird emotion coming through. I'm going to excuse myself and I'm going to take care of myself right now. I'll be back later instead of ignoring that because I'm trying to make other people happy. That's been a huge gift for myself. Yeah, there's a huge difference, though, Sophia, between trying to make other people happy and trying to, to trying to extend love their way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there is. Love. It's a huge difference. Yes. So, so we're really talking about love today, yeah. about sending it out without any regard. Mm-hmm. There is there is an immediate payday. Right. When, you, when you make somebody's day, when they light up, mm-hmm. when you made someone's day, they're going to tell their whole circle of influence about what happened that day, mm-hmm. how how you made their day. Mm-hmm. But not only that, is that there's huge satisfaction that you're going to receive yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree. Helping, helping that person have a better day. You've actually reached down and lifted someone up yes. to, to a higher level <clears throat> where they weren't before, mm-hmm. lifted them up. There's huge satisfaction in doing that. Mm-hmm. I call that a payday all yeah by itself of course you're not expecting anything like that but it's going to happen you're going to have great satisfaction along the way and uh, like i said we're trying to help people have better days Mm -hmm. we're trying to help help them just feel good about themselves and it's it's not about making them happy and about trying to make them happy some people are impossible absolutely impossible they won't be happy regardless of what you do and and just stay away from those people. Right. There'll be a moment in time that they'll they'll want happiness for themselves, and they'll come to you knowing mm-hmm. that you you deal with happiness. That's right. all you deal with. That's all you yeah. send out. Mm, I love that. I love that because it it is truly when you set your intention of how you're going to show up for the day. And that cube is just so beautiful because it's an easy way to get people to. <clears throat> bring that into focus then the how the world unfolds for you in that day is just magical there's something else to sophia that i created that uh, might be helpful in that way so I've, i put it together a journal you know, oh, I, cool. I, I wrote a book all about this as well but um, the journal's separate from that mm-hmm. but you can record what you rolled opportunities you saw to love in that way and what you did about those opportunities oh, i love that it actually is really kind of a decompression activity yeah. at the end of the day. Some people just roll the die in the morning. And then at dinner time, if it's a family situation, they, they say, what did you do today? What excitement did you have today? Who did you light up today? And what what uh, and, and it just becomes kind of a love conversation. Mm-hmm. As far as the journal goes, it becomes an absolute love journal. I would have loved to have a love journal from my mother or my grandmother, my grandfather, 
Instead, Sophia, I got a journal about the weather. The weather, 60 years ago. Who cares what the weather was like 60 years ago? I went. <laughs> well, they, they're not used to thinking in those terms. And so, you know, it, it's, it's this beautiful gift of bringing awareness into an old paradigm. I mean, I'm sure if you gave your grandparents your beautiful journal, they'd be like, what am I doing this for? <laughs> well, and that's probably true. But but if they're going to write a journal, make it specific. And, oh, I, yeah. and the prompts that I put in the journal page really are going to be important. Mm -hmm. I found that when I've looked at a, a journal page that's blank, my mind goes blank. What the heck did I do oh. today? And it's just uh, this this kind of provides the prompts. To, mm -hmm. What did I roll today? What opportunities in that genre did yeah. I love in, in that way? Mm -hmm. And the, what did I do about those opportunities? I love that. Did I love I that because that? I do journal without prompting, uh, but I love having that as a focus because I'll just write like whatever comes through. I'll talk to my soul every morning and say, what does my soul want to tell me? And I'll just write that. And that's really fabulous because it gives me a perspective that I, the small me doesn't get sometimes. But to have an extra prompt is fabulous because it's a different focus from what those lines of questions are. And I just, I'm a writer, so I love, mm. it's really easy for me to write. Um, but to have that kind of a focus of like, oh, well, no, this is actually something that you're not just rolling a dice for, but you're actually setting awarenesses for throughout your whole day. And then, and then there's an accountability to it too, which is beautiful becomes a legacy yeah something, something that you can pass on and and this is the legacy that actually you you get to choose Sophia mm -hmm. everyone gets to choose what their legacy is yeah. I want to be known as how did I love and what did I do about opportunities that I had to love what was there to love during mm -hmm. during my lifetime and I think that might be a whole lot more important than the weather oh yeah definitely <laughs> I, I mean the weather is beautiful and I, I love you know even though well, it didn't rain today, but like, even when it rains um, in Oregon, it's still beautiful because that's why we have so much lush, you know. Oh, green. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Like January and it's green. It's like, oh my gosh, really? How lucky am I? Yeah. <laughs> so I have to wear a raincoat, whatever. Right. It's like, because I, I don't see the, the, you know, the, the frozen ground of the East Coast in the winter. It's like really, really, really grateful for that. So like having, but again, weather versus like, knowing how you've loved every single day, huge difference because like that reflection for yourself and seeing how you've grown and how you've opened your heart more and have you become more authentic and open to giving and receiving, that's beautiful. Yeah, I think it's absolutely worth passing on. Uh, you know, there's, I think that generationally uh, for me, I think that anger and what my parents learned and what they taught me growing up was a generational thing that was just passed on yeah. uh, it was it was a generation of of making decisions in crisis situation because they didn't know what else to do right. and you know now we know that if if it's possible not to make major decisions in a crisis mode then you're gonna just let it let the storm pass yeah. then think about making that decision but my i have a grandfather that uh, had nine children oh. in, in in Indiana. Wow! <clears throat> his wife passed away, and is so distraught with that. It, she passed away shortly after that ninth child was born. That he decided he's going to move. He's going to sell the farm. He's going to sell all the equipment and everything. And when people came to the auction, came to the sale, and or came to pick up their equipment, he said something like this. He said, "And would you like this child? And would you like this child? And would you like this child?" until he systematically gave all the children away except for one. Wow. And he took that one child, Benjamin, with him to Montana, found the, a school teacher that had never been married, had 10 more children, of which, of which my father's number six of that second 10 wow. children. So my father's num number uh, 15, child number 15 of, ni of 19 children, I'm, I'm only number 10 of 11. And, and, oh. and I only have eight children myself. So generationally, oh. you know, my children are only having three children, Sophia. I don't get it. I want more grandchildren. What do I have to do <laughs> to get more grandchildren? 
Wow. I think generationally, we just need uh, education. We need a little bit more of us, whatever it is that's going to improve our life. Mm-hmm. We need tools. You know, a carpenter has his tools. A mechanic has his tools. This is a love tool. This is a yeah. tool that is actually is is just so simple, mm-hmm. but so profound. Mm-hmm. It's just those simple and profound things. Everybody in when they make an investment, everybody, at least I know, they want to put a small amount in for an investment, get a huge return. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that actually works. Yeah. You, you, for the two seconds or less that it takes to roll the die beginning mm-hmm. of the day, it sets the theme for the day. It mm-hmm. gives you purpose for that day. Mm-hmm. And with that purpose, what are you going to do with that purpose yeah. of the day? And it just could um, amount to a huge difference that you make in the lives of other people. But by doing that, it makes a huge difference in your own life. Yeah, so- I love that. I love that because it's just so, it is simple, but you know, not everything that's simple is easy. Yeah. So you've made it easy because you have that combination of the journal and the dice um, or the cube rather. And just having that, awareness and the presence and the gift of it really is a gift to yourself because you're you're setting the intention to shift your beingness and so like to bring that that beautiful habit because that's what it is it's gonna you're shifting your you're shifting your neural pathways with a new habit that's so profound in the simplicity of it and everything that is good for us is simple, right? Well, it, it is really. And you know, you'll notice that on the cube, there are absolutely no words at all. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's really a purpose for that because, you know, if I say the word elephant in your mind, I doubt that you're seeing E-L-E-P-H-A-N-T. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the picture. Right. This, this picture will burn into your mind It'll be that memory hook that you need. Yeah. What did I roll this morning? Oh, that's right. And and that'll just you'll be able to continue throughout the day on that mantra mm-hmm. and, and be able to just send out that love in that way all day that day. It really is that reminder that you need, that memory hook that you need to mm-hmm. keep at it all day long, make it a habit, make it part of the fabric of your character mm-hmm. that wasn't there before. Mm. I love that. That's just so beautiful. Well, it's it's really been a fun project. And as you identified, it really was for me. Mm-hmm. I did it for myself. You know, I started started out with with a two and a half inch by two and a half inch cube, a piece of block of wood. Awesome. And from that block of wood, what I found is that that block of wood, you can see it has sharp, very sharp edges. Mm-hmm. So I found that if I put on top what I wanted to roll that day and just flipped it a little bit, it would thunk, thunk, and it uh, amazing. It, it would come right out on top. <laughs> it was like a weighted die. Uh-huh. So so then I had to then I had to round the corners a little bit, rounded, uh-huh. rounded those corners and and then started rolling it. And then it started working like a die, like a, a cube should work that mm-hmm. it was more random and it was just, but I realized that I was like that first prototype that I had. Mm-hmm. I had those sharp edges mm-hmm. and I had the clunk clunk and I had the the bad things in my life that I needed rounded off a lot. Mm-hmm. And it just is a refining process that mm-hmm. we're all looking for a way to refine ourselves. You know, I love the, the uh, classic sound of music where Rolf, the little delivery guy that rides the bike, he's mm-hmm. he's in love with Maria von Trapp. Mm-hmm. And at one point in time, he's got his bike on the ground, he's on the ground, and he's singing to Maria that's on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Part of the song that he sings, the lyrics say, love in the heart wasn't put there to stay. Love isn't love till it's given away. Mm. absolutely love that yeah. because we're we have to give it away and it's it's magical sophia in the that as we give it away it almost seems like we have greater capacity to give more and mm-hmm. give more and give more and keep keep giving it away because it just that 
that payday we get of helping people on their way is, is something that is you can't get in any other way. You can't sit at home and pine away and say, nobody loves me and, and just expect love to come your way. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Right. You got to get up out of that chair. You got to walk down the street. And I guarantee if you walk down the street in any neighborhood, in any community, in anywhere in the world, you'll find someone that's a little bit lower feeling a little bit more depressed than you might be. Mm -hmm. That's your opportunity to lift that person up, make their day a little bit better. And by doing so, you've actually lifted yourself up all, all along the way. But you've got to give it out. You've got to send it out there. That's within your control. Why not do it? Mm. The things that are 100% in our control, yeah. why aren't we doing them? Right, right. Mm. Mm. Such a joy to connect with you, Paul. Thank Truly. you, Sophia. It, yeah. well, you're you're delight, and thank you for thank you for inviting me to be on your show. Oh, you're so welcome. And I just have one more question because, in the interest of my next podcast, how do people find you? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Uh, they can find me at rolloflove.com, and I did a play on words. You R O L L the cube outside of you. Mm. The change that happens within is R O L E. You change that role that you have. So it's R-O-L-E of love.com. You'll find the you'll find the dice, you'll find the book, you'll find the the journal. I've got it bundled together in a package. It's about 20% off if you buy it in the package right now. And it's $29.99. It's a whole lot less than just one therapy session. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna last a whole lot longer. Mm. Thank you for being in the world with me at this time in consciousness. And thank you for the work you do. Thank you, Sophia. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Same here. Thank you. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. Let it flow